at least we have the testimony of an eyewitness. And that's the Lord. So as we read the evidence, we ought to at least consider it. And whenever you consider it, when you get through, you'll come up with one conclusion. God created the heavens and the earth. Only a fool would believe otherwise. A person that something's wrong upstairs, they can't see it and understand it. They'll try to make you think Christians are the ones that are uneducated, living in the dark ages, believing in that old book. Yeah, you disprove this old book. Double dog dare you. They can't do it. The book is true, historically, scientifically, prophetically, medically. The book is God's word, and it's as true as the world. And the world gives evidence that there is a God. And so does the word. And they both work together. One by reason, one by revelation. And we can know and understand it. So we go back to the very beginning, and there has to be something that causes it to start. But let's just pretend for a moment. Because they work on the premise that everything just gets better and better and better and better and better and better. You know, it was a little one cell to me when it multiplies, and, blah, 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 and then here we are. All right, let's just pretend that this little blob of protoplasm, whatever it might be, wants to develop something wonderful like an eye. An eye. I've got one, but well, i got two. Y'all have two, I guess. My mama had one in the back of her head. She could see everything I ever did. <laughs> but you have an eye. Now, where did this eye come from? A light-sensitive spot like a freckle. I saw a girl one time. She, <laughs> she could have eyeballs all over her face. She had freckles all over. But I don't believe that. Aren't you glad that those two little freckles happened to develop right there? What if they had developed in your seat of your pants every time you sit down and you go blind? <laughs> but you think about this. You have the eye. Where does the eye come from? Well, remember, in evolution, there's no purpose, no plan, no design. They call that means a purpose. Uh, somebody's got a plan, a planner, a designer, a logger, but there's no law. It, it, it just happened. How do you know to develop an eyeball that has no purpose if there's no light waves? If there's no light waves, you can't, this it has no purpose. Well, which came first? It, it's stupid how that something without a brain could develop an eye, and here all of you are here with a brain, and you can't do it. But something without a brain did. Explain that. See, that's why every step in evolution requires a greater miracle than God created. Because there's a, it's impossible. Impossible. Can't happen. Take your Bible and look in the book of Psalms 94. Psalms 94. 94th Psalm. Psalms 94, and look in verse 8. Understand, ye brutish among the people, and ye fools, when will ye be wise? He that planted the ear, shall he not hear? He that formed the eye, shall he not see? In other words, the Word of God tells us 
God said, I made the eye and I made the ear. Well, of course, he made the light waves and he made the sound waves. So we have evidence that this is true. Because how is a blob of protoplasm without a brain going to develop an eye? And yet it doesn't even know ahead of time that there's light. How does it even know there's something to see? What would come first? It's impossible. What about the ear? What came first, the ear or sound waves? How does it know there's something to hear? There's no brain. How can something that has no ability whatsoever can create something as wonderful as the eye or the ear? Just those two things alone defeats evolution. So it would just happen. No, it doesn't just happen. Have you ever seen a new ear come along? Nothing, just the ear, just an ear. How long has it been since you woke up in, your, in the morning and you look on the countertop and lo and behold, a new eye just appeared? Well, if it happened billions of years ago, how come we still don't see them happening today? Duh. See, I have an inquiring mind and I want to know. What demands the faith of an evolutionist? Because the only alternative is God. The only alternative is God. And if there is a God, then there's creation. If there's creation, then I'm responsible. And they don't want the responsibility. They want to live like an animal. Think for a moment. There is no God. There's no creator. Then we are animals. You are an animal. If there is no God. You're just the highest form of life on some evolutionary ladder. And if there is no God, then what is right and what is wrong? Everything's a dirty grave. It's whatever you want. Power will make right. And this is why some people will live like an animal. And they think like one. And it doesn't matter what they do or who they do it to. Because there's nothing to restrain them. So people can do whatever they want to do. And control everybody else if they want to. Murder anybody they want to. But I happen to believe that there is a God. How would you explain the immaterial part of man? You know, the soul of man. Or the life that a man has. His emotions that he has. His will. His intellect. Things you can't touch. You can't put your finger on it. Where did it come from? Am I supposed to believe that four gases developed this? You see, there's a, a few laws. One is called the law of biogenesis. The law of biogenesis states that life must come from life and exist on previous life. That's a law. Life must come from life. Nothing comes that's alive from something that did not live. You are here because you came from life. And we have a problem. You see, they can't break or cross the bridge, the barrier, between non-life and life. They can't do it. And yet we're supposed to believe that's where we came from. They can't do it today, and they're the highest on the evolutionary ladder. And the scientists today cannot produce life from non-life. Can't do it. They talk about how can we can split the DNA 
and all these wonderful things that are able to do. Yeah, take it all away. Now produce one. He said, well, it's called the survival of the fittest. It's not the survival of the fittest. It's the arrival of the fittest. How did it arrive? I'm not talking about where they can shuffle the genetic factor within the chromosomes and all that and try to create. That's what's already here. But they are not creating anything. Can four gases give rise to free thought? If man came from nothing without a God, why does mankind believe there is a God? Where did we get that idea from? Who gave us this idea? And you can take people that's never been in any church, far corners of the world, and they'll be raised and they'll believe that there's a God. And that's why you have all the religions all over the world. Atheism is a religion. It's what somebody believes. And that's why it has supplanted the religion of Christianity in America. So today we have humanism in our schools because we taught atheism. And evolution is the religion of the atheist. And evolution is okay to teach in our schools. But that's simply the belief system of those that are atheists. You say, well, a Christian can believe in evolution. If a Christian believes in evolution, it's because he doesn't understand evolution or creation. They're not compatible. Well, God could have created by the process of evolution. No, he didn't. He spoke and it was done. Morning and an evening. One day or evening in the morning, I should say. No. And neither were those long geological ice ages in the past. No, they weren't. Six days creation. Now, whatever my being is, whatever I have inside of me, whatever I am, I got it from my parents. See, Mendel's Law states that whatever you are, you can only get it from your parents. Now, the world might change a little bit here and there, but you are what you are because of your parents. And it has always been so. And it's what we call in the Word of God, after his own kind. After his own kind. After your own kind. And it's amazing that we can have all kinds of people in this world, but we're still people. Still people. You are not a descendant from a monkey. I hate to break your heart. Neither is your husband. So, well, I don't know my husband's side of the family. Take your Bible and look in Genesis chapter 1. Genesis and chapter 1. You see, you might think this is not important to discuss. It is very important to discuss. Remember this. Today, our children have gone to the public schools where they have taught this to be true. If your children believe that evolution is true, why should they serve God? Why should they even believe in God? Why should they obey you? Why should they have any standards or morals whatsoever? Don't tell me it don't make a difference. It does make a difference. Uh, look there in verse 11. And God said, Let the earth bring forth grass, the herb yielding seed, and the fruit tree yielding fruit after his kind. In the next verse, verse 12, after his kind. Over in verse 21, twice, after his kind, after his kind. 
Down in verse 24, after his kind. Verse 25, after his kind. Verse 25 again, after his kind. It's talking about when God made it. He made it where everything would reproduce after its own kind. And it has not changed. Now the statements that God made is scientifically true. It is true. People say, well, yeah, but what? Have you ever heard of vestigial organs? Hmm. Something about your vest? Vestigial organs. Well, that's because, you see, you supposed to have some organs that you needed, but now you don't need them anymore, and so natural selection will eliminate those unfit organs from your body. Isn't that wonderful? That's how natural selection works. That's where you get the survival of the fittest. It all sounds so scientific. It's just that it ain't true. Listen for a moment. If vestigial organs are supposed to be eliminated from your body because you no longer need them, because they no longer have a purpose or a function. How did somebody decide it no longer has a purpose? I mean, what part of your body decided, I don't need that anymore. And so therefore, natural selection will eliminate that from my, my body. Because I don't need it anymore. Well, let's just go back on the other side. If it no longer has a purpose, it eliminates it. Okay, I need a heart. I mean, i got a body. <laughs> I need a heart. What would come first? The heart or the lungs? Because the heart has to have oxygen and I got to have blood. Well, that comes from the bone marrow. Well, that produces the blood. Now, which, which one would come first? You got a problem. If you only think about it, it's impossible for one to develop without the other. You need this whole body. Because, you see, what good is this body if, if I can't eat? i got to eat because i got to feed the body. Well, you got to have food. Well, i got to have a mouth. Well, I mean, they got to have a stomach and they got to have a digestive system. i got to have all of this so I can eat the food so that I can stay alive. So I can breathe, get the oxygen in so I can put it into my bloodstream so they can get to the heart so I can live in the pumps. Which came first? They don't have any answers. And let's say, for example, I need this heart. Okay, I'm going to develop me a heart. Now remember, there's no plan, no design, no purpose. Because, see, it's just random chance. Because there is no God. It, this is going to happen automatically, all by itself. So lo and behold, a miracle. Because it has to have miracles. Bigger than the one that God did. At least we had God. They did it without God. That's pretty, pretty huge. So I got me a heart. Half developed. Well, if it's half developed, it can't function until it's complete. Well, if it's not able to function because it's not complete, then why don't they look like it, at it like a, a vestigial organ and eliminate that unfit organ from my body? Duh! You can do it on this side, do it on this side. You see, by their own admission, they defeat themselves, and it's impossible for evolution to ever happen. So it gets better and better and better. No, it doesn't. People can choose to believe that if you want and call it, they're so intellectual and have all the degrees after their name. But God's word still says, a man says in his heart, there is no God. He is a fool. And you can respect them, look up to them, highly intelligent, and send them your, your kids. And say, here, teach my kids this. Go off to these colleges and universities where they put this trash into their mind and see if it don't affect how they live. And the goals they have in life. See, every man 
Born into this world, come to know Christ as Savior. It's the will of God that they know His Word so they know how to live. And we have today where people don't have any respect for this Bible. None. They don't have respect for the preacher anymore. They respect the scientist. They respect the evolutionist. Because they have the truth. And all of ours is just made up old fables. Dark ages. I've studied what they've studied. I know what an evolutionist believes. As well as some evolutionist. But I know what he believes. And I also know what I believe. And I've weighed them both. And this is the truth. In Colorado, I used to have opportunities. Kids get me into school to speak in their biology class, English class. You name the class, it didn't matter. I'd speak the same thing. And uh, Doug Steer, who came to our church, his brother was Greg Steer that started a huge ministry. He called me up one day. He said, Yankee, I want to know if you can come over and speak in our school. I said, sure. He said, it's on evolution and creation. I said, I can handle that. So I got over there, and I'm supposed to have free reign to tell them why I don't believe in evolution. So I would say a few things about evolution, and then I would say something about the Bible. Well, the teacher standing in the back, after a while he couldn't stand anymore. He stood up, he said, ho, 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 ho. We don't believe the Bible. He was speaking for everybody. We don't believe the Bible. That was written by man. I said, sir, are these books on evolution on your desk written by God? He said, no, they were written by man. I said, so mine is not acceptable because it was written by man. And yours is because it's written by man. He says, but we don't believe the Bible. I says, you're telling me that you wanted me to come over here and speak, but not say anything against evolution? And I'm going to tell you why I believe in creation without referring to the Bible or the Creator. I says, it can't be done. He told me, he says, I'll debate you anytime. I says, sir, get it on. <laughs> we finished that class, and he was going to ask me to leave. And, well, he did ask me to leave. And the kids, and I made the statement, I says, sir, I says, why are you afraid of these kids here in my view? They'll have me for one hour, and you for all these hours every day for several years. You, are you afraid that yours won't hold up for one hour? And the kids said, yeah, 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 that's right. <laughs> so the kids got me to stay, and the teacher just, okay. So we had a break, and they brought in two more classes. So now I have three classes in there, and I had more teachers in there. So it really got interesting. And so I was talking along, and, and finally the one guy, he made the statement. He says, I don't believe that. That is not true. And the reason I said that is because I said, would you believe that a, a, a person can take a piece of paper and tell you how old this piece of paper is, what tree it came from, and how many leaves it had on the tree, and how many acorns it had on the tree, and how tall the tree was? And he says, we don't believe that. We do not teach that. I says, I know, but you do it with a bone. You tell how tall the man was, 
how many kids he had in his family. Go to your museum and you'll see him. And all they found was a piece of a skull and they can make a whole family out of it. He didn't like that. I had one teacher <laughs> at one school. Now, he, he, he looked just like a baboon. He was, he was, he was red-headed, but he had red-headed, fair-headed. But he would always invite me to the school and speak on it. And he would never say a word about four again. He'd just sit there and smile and so forth. And I told him one day, I, says, I said, I didn't come from no monkey. I said, but if your teacher did, that's fine. I said, I'm not, I'm not saying anything about him. I said, if he believes that. And I says, um, but anyway, I, I have fun at the same time. And then in the middle of the meeting, I would just stop and I would pull out my wallet. I mean, in schools. There was a time when you could do this in the schools and preach the gospel right in the classroom. And he knew I was going to do it because he, he'd invite me back every year. So for years, I'd go back to the school, Arvada West High School. And I would say, this hand represents you and me. This wallet represents sin. We all have sin on us. God loves us. Now, he hates the things we do wrong, but he loves us. I says, I want you to listen to what I'm saying. Because if there is a God, then this is true. And God loves you. He hates what you do wrong because, you see, that's sin and it separates you from God. So you have to spend an eternity separated from God in a literal fire burning hell. But God loves you. But God wants you to go to heaven. And to go to heaven, you have to be perfect, as righteous as God. And none of us are perfect. We're all sinners. We cannot save ourselves. God says eternal life is not something you can earn. It's a gift. It's totally free. This hand represents Jesus Christ. He's the Lord God in the flesh. He came into the world because he loves us. Now he hates our sin because it separates us from him. So Christ took the sin, paid for it on the cross, came back from the dead. And God said if you would believe that he did it for you, he would give you as a free gift everlasting life. And then I'd ask the kids. I said, let's have prayer, shall we? And everybody in the classroom, they'd bow their heads. And he'd always just sit there and just look at me. Just stare at me. And look, look at the kids. And I would ask for a raise of hand. And every year, because they had new kids coming to the class, a bunch of hands all over. It was easier to count the ones that didn't raise their hands. We'd have 30, 40 kids trust Christ the Savior in the classroom. And and nobody ever said a word. It wasn't against the law. It's never been against the law. And it still is not against the law. It's that people are afraid of lawsuits and all that. But it's, if it was right then, it's still right today. It's always been right. The Word of God has free course. It should be able to go anywhere, to anybody, any nation. There might be a price to pay for doing it. And yes, I've had a few threats and so forth in my life, but that's all right too. But I've had a lot of kids trust Christ as Savior. But I want those kids to know, and I'll stay in those classrooms, you don't have to be ashamed of being a Christian. You don't have to take a back seat as though intellectually you're not as superior as they are. Because this Bible is truth. To know this, you know truth. And the Bible talks about in the book of 2 Timothy, it talks about science falsely so-called. It's false science. The word science means to know. Talk about knowledge. And all these things, yes, there's a lot of things I wish I had time to, to mention. You say, where are you getting all this information? Uh, out of my little booklet, 
I, I wrote this little booklet on why we cannot believe in evolution. Wrote it years ago, 30 years ago. And it still holds to today. But all that stuff is in here. You see, when you study the principle of uniformity, which is the principle of gradualism, or what they also call the unchanging change, it means the laws by which they look at things today, especially in the carbon-14 dating, trying to figure out the age of bones. Well, they're basing the past and the future upon the present that it changes at a certain rate. Well, I know that the world's already been under a flood. And so that changes everything. So it can't be accurate more than what it goes back to the flood. And over, this, is, this bone, 45 million years ago, I went one time up there to the Smithsonian Institute. That is a place to go. But I despised it when I saw all the stuff in there honoring evolution. Evolutionary stuff all over the place. And so this represents our country. So thousands upon thousands of schools take their kids up there to the Smithsonian Institute and to the museum there and all about evolution. The atheists are winning the battle because they get to get our children and then we pay them to teach them this trash. And no, I don't like it. I hope that little by little my convictions are leaking out. When you study the book of Romans, chapter 1, when he talks about when we see the handiwork of God, and we know all these things, and it talks about where man is without excuse. He's without excuse. Because we know that there is a power greater than ours. That there's a God that made all of this. But man became vain in his mind, in his imagination, and changed the glory of God into the glory of man. And instead of worshiping the creator, they worshiped the creation and changed the truth into a lie. Let me ask you to do me a favor. If you have never accepted the payment Christ made for you on the cross, why not right now just believe that Jesus Christ paid for all of your sins? See, he paid for mine, paid for yours, but the payment's not put to your account till you believe he did it for you. And when you believe he did it for you, he gives you as a free gift everlasting life, and you get to go to heaven on what Jesus Christ did for you. Now, if you didn't believe in God before, and maybe something that I said may cause you to think, you know, maybe it's true. Maybe it's true. It is true. And even though you may have a few questions and a few doubts, why not in your own mind, Lord, I don't understand it all. But I believe he did it for me, and I'm going to trust him right now as my Savior. And God said if you would trust him, he would save you and give you eternal life. And you get to go to heaven on what he did for you. Let's pray, shall we? Our Father, we do thank you so much for the time together. We're thankful for your word that you've given us. We ask your blessings upon each person here. And help us not to be afraid or ashamed of believing your word. In Christ's name we pray. Amen.